We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safeguarding discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. I'm Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlan, asking Louisiana seniors to call us before making changes to your Medicare plan. Calling a number you saw on TV promising discounts and benefits may switch your plan to one that's not right for you. Instead, call the Senior Health Insurance Program. We make sure your doctors and medications are covered, and we check to see if you qualify for help with Medicare costs. Contact us at 1-800-259-5300. Brought to you by the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Kyrie is a master at what he does. Kyrie is walking around wearing a green jacket, working out with high school teams and college basketball teams and NBA teams. Like, he is that special, special of a talent. And when you think about what he adds to the Brooklyn Nets, that is such an extra pop for a team that, scoring-wise, is one of the most gifted teams there is in the NBA. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. I appreciate Marlon Favorite joining in the conversation. He texts me a screenshot. Mariota, the Ducks, demolished FSU. It's at a college football playoff final. 59-20. Remember the days where the Ducks offense was like video game central, huh? I hear you. I hear you. Ryan Tannehill beat that guy up. They went and got Ryan Tannehill. Because Marcus didn't. I, again, I'm just telling you. Like, All right. We'll see. We'll see how uh, Carlos Medina is doing over there in Atlanta. Their new starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, let's see. What 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 are you doing? You're showing me. Poor Roy. Roy's showing me stats of the Saints Cowboys game. Once again, Roy, congratulations on nitpicking and just going with me. Because then I could also say the guy won more than lost last year, right? I'm just saying. That means my, my, I personally would rather go with Taysom Hill, Marcus Mariota. Just saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 800 993 Pels fans got an open segment here if you like the chats about that Pels loss last night to the Charlotte Hornets. Herb Jones got ejected. We'll go uh, into the locker room here in the segment. You can hear some bites, but we'll take your phone calls. 
Saints make it official, there is a release. Jameis Winston has posted on social media, which makes it double official. He says, who dat? A couple of Florida Lee emojis. Two years, 28 million, 21 guaranteed. Jameis Winston's your starting quarterback for this year. Shouldn't be a quarterback competition. Marcus May and Contavious Street spoke yesterday. We can play some sound from that as well as we have this game. I mean, the show, LSU men's basketball has a new head coach, Matt McMahon. He actually showed up yesterday, flew to Baton Rouge, signed the contract, showed up to the ladies' final or final game as they lost in the second round to Ohio State. An interesting stipulation in McMahon's deal. Seven-year deal that starts at $2.6 million with incentives and stuff can get to three point two. If LSU gets a postseason ban, he gets an extra year. Or if he loses two scholarships for at least three years, gets an extra year to that contract. So LSU is giving them the time and giving them enough money to um, to want to be there and leave Murray State that exited in the second round. They did get a first round win. So 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, I see two calls on hold. Josh, you're on the on deck circle. Jeff, we'll start with you. What do you got? Hello, Jeff. To win the game, I'm starting Marcus Mariota. Say that again. I heard the very uh, end of that. You're starting Marcus Mariota. Oh, it was just uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. This this is this is one of the many times you need to listen to Jordan. If I want to win the game, I'm starting Marcus Mariota over Taysom Hill. Absolutely, all day long. Are you based on what? Uh, the fact that Marcus Mariota was a number two overall pick, he was? and Taysom Hill was let. Make, Taysom Hill was lucky that Sean Payton put him on the practice squad and then the special teams tackler and that he's not an NFL quarterback and Marcus Moriarty is. Marcus, excuse me, Marcus Moriarty. Oh, yeah. Now you got me saying his name all true. Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, look, I'm but the real reason. I'm- but that, but that's the whole point that I'm saying. This guy was a number two pick, and he got beat out in Tennessee, and he's been a backup for two years in Vegas, and he was a backup over in Tennessee after that. When it went and got Ryan Tannehill off him, all I'm saying is, if he was that good, why did he not start and do better? That's all. Well, I'm I mean, he did start for he did start for quite a while. Would you like me he to did. name the Saints quarterback? So if- would you like me to name the Saints quarterback to no, start in front of Taysom Hill? I, I hear you. And look, in 2016, he had 26 touchdowns. I mean, I, 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 I'm saying right now where they are right now. Who you? I mean, Taysom Hill gives me more than Marcus. Um, uh, uh, interceptions he might, but you know that's cool. Oh, okay, oh. no, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going with Taysom. I'm going with. Taysom. I think he's a better okay. runner. I think he's a better runner, so he can scramble the very. Yeah, but we're not. Like, we're not talking about running backs. We're talking about no, quarterbacks. And, uh, well, in today's NFL, you want a mobile quarterback, and you want somebody that can run or can throw. And that's what I'm saying. That separates him in that if I need to, the pocket breaks down, or I can actually call a run play with him at quarterback. Lamar Jackson runs the football with the quarterback. They're talking about Malik Willis. He's going to be a runner. Matt Corral at Ole Miss, they used him specifically. He was a 1,000-yard rusher. I'm just saying, today's NFL, if you have a quarterback that can run, that's preferred. So out of those two guys, you, you you said it. Game on the line. Third and goal. Did you see how the Raiders used them this year? Marcus Mariota didn't come in to throw the football with for the Raiders. They used him to run. They did. I don't mind. I don't mind Taysom Hill as a running back. I don't mind him as a pass catcher. I don't mind him as a special teams tackler. 
He's my dude. The moment you start talking to me about him being a quarterback, I'm out. I'm out. Give me somebody else. Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> I'm not saying I wanted him over everyone else. I'm saying if, if Winston, the way this started was if Winston would have signed somewhere else and we're down to right. those two guys, who would you have gone with? I'm going to go with Taysom. All right. My, my vote's for Mariota, but, uh, the, re- the real reason I called you no is because at the end of your, at the end of your first segment, you had a caller. I want to say his name was, uh, Stanley. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the mo- <laughs> from the moment Stanley started talking, I knew what he was getting up to. I knew what he was leading up to. We run into these people from time to time, Gus. They're people who just <laughs> will not let Jameis Winston have an iota of good news. They just don't like what Jameis Winston, and 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 they probably can't even put a finger on it. And the moment this dude started talking about a fantasy scenario where the Saints are going to move up in the draft to grab a quarterback in the first round, I knew he was talking. He was he was on some foolishness. And then toward the end of the statement, he said, he said it, he said, I don't, I think Jameis Winston's uh, average or below average quarterback. And I just wonder what more does Jameis Winston have to do to these people to be, to let them know that he is the real deal. And that things are going to be just fine with him. What 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 do you think? Like what 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 more can James Winston do? I keep I keep telling you. I I I've said this throughout the entire process. And and look and again it. Uh, I understand that Watson can play, and and I get. I just I've said from the beginning why I thought it was a lot. Just everything involved. And but in that process, I've said the last two weeks, and you know this right that I I think people have undersold him. I've, I've undersold him. Um. I. I think you could see him at times purposely make sure he didn't make mistakes, right? I think like that thing was the monkey on the back. It weighed you. It it was the thing that constantly thought. And at times you could see in that Green Bay game, that bomb that he threw uh, when he won the job against Jacksonville. There yes. were some plays against Washington. I mean, this guy can run, can move, can fling it. I mean, I, I – like – that that's workable. That's things I can work with. And when you, uh, you know, you can call them excuses. And I'm not saying you, but some people can say that. But right. when you lose your starting center in the opening series and the guy that comes in doesn't play very well, that hurts you. When you don't have your tackles for most of your season, that hurts you. When you literally have over-evaluated the receiver position so terribly that it's that bad, that hurts you. Like... That that's a lot, and the man still helped you win five games. I'm not saying it was all him because I'm very understanding that your defense was incredible last year. I get that. But let's not discount yes. the man threw some bombs, made some plays, and had some drives where he extended with his legs. He completed third down passes, and he's thrown the ball further than we've seen the Saints quarterback throw with accuracy for about four seasons. I'm like, I'm like that, part of the, yeah, part part of that part of that caller's. Part of that caller's argument was that he had two great receivers in Tampa Bay that he couldn't do anything with. That guy threw for 5,000 you know yards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He had 34 total touchdowns. And, right. and you know what else he did, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. He took, he took a receiver in Marcus Callaway that none of us had ever heard of before and made him the Saints' number one receiver up until the moment he got hurt. So he also right. did yeah. that. I know he threw 34 picks. He threw 30 touchdowns. He's also thrown for 5,000 yards. That's why I keep saying, like, you know, the the, the guy has thrown for 5,000 yards. You can say he sucks, but, I mean, he said some point had to make those completions. I mean, like, it, that's not funny numbers. It, it actually happened, you know? The guy who brings up Jameis Winston's 30 interception never mentions that he had 34 total touchdowns and 5,000 yards. He never mentions that. I hear you. All right, man, thank you for the phone call.
Good one. Got, Thank you. Yep, got a guest coming up here at 2.15. Trying to time something where, where I'm trying to find it. Jordan found it. I got to play this before I go. Here it is. Uh, it doesn't take long. What is it? A minute four. And then um, I, I want to get to Josh here as well. But he, here's what I was talking about. And it was specifically about, again, the end of the show today. They're going over Ben Simmons not playing. They're going over Kyrie not playing. And then um, the duo that is filling in for Mike Greenberg, Chris Carlin and Courtney Carlin, um, said this. Courtney, and we've got about a minute left. That is just that Zion Williamson, according yeah. to reports, is not going to play again this year for the Pelicans because of injury. He's played his last game in New Orleans to me. He's going to the Knicks. Yeah, I think he wanted to be a Nick from the night of the draft lottery and has disappointed that he hasn't been disappointed that he hasn't been there since. And I think this has been a very quiet way all year of Zion trying to basically show the Pelicans that he has no interest in playing for them. I do not think he will play another game this season, as we've seen from the report, and I do not think that that foot injury will all of a sudden, it's going to be magically cured next year, but he will be a New York Nick at this time next season. I would fully expect that to be the case because he is exercising that power as a star before he has even gotten his first big contract, and he is somebody that teams are going to look long and hard at, even with the injury concerns that they have had. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for. <laughs> just, just, I, he's gone. It's done. I know he is. Nick's got nothing. Nope. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. National. Just go ahead and say it. No basis to it. Josh, got about a minute and a half here. Now I get to come to, to my next guest. What you got, Josh? Let's go. First off, I got a little limited time. Jameis Winston, four out of the five years he played the Bucks, he had the worst defense in the league. Also, 17 of those interceptions when he threw 30 of them, his team was down by two touchdowns. So Ooh. everybody makes excuses for Drew Brees having horrible defenses. Why don't they make it for Jameis Winston? Also, Marcus Mariota, only one season his entire career did he have more interceptions than uh, touchdowns. Uh, we talk about uh, all these memes about uh, James, uh, Taysom Hill being able to throw a touchdown and catch it to himself. Well, Marcus uh, Mariota has literally done that in a game. Um, also, Marcus Mariota has a 78-yard rushing touchdown. Last time I checked, Taysom Hill doesn't have anything longer than that. One more thing. Mm-hmm. We, can we agree, Gus, that the Atlanta Falcons are garbage, correct, over the last decade? Yeah. Can we agree? Yeah. Okay. Taysom Hill, I think it's like 63% of his career touchdowns are against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> take those away. Take those away. Gus, take those away. He has only scored as a starting quarterback over 21 points once in his career. Once. And I, 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 this needs to stop. This needs to stop. He's the 17th highest paid quarterback in the league, Taysom Hill. Did you know that? He is getting paid more than Kyler Murray, and he is a backup. Why are we discussing this man as a quarterback? Gus, that's like me literally saying, hey, I think I could be the starting power, power forward for the, uh, for the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'11". I'm 180 pounds. You feel me? You feel me? Josh, I'm sick of it. I I, I literally, when I was going back and forth with Jordan about this this morning, I'm like, you know, let's just throw this out there and have a little fun. I'm like, I bet you Josh calls. (laughs) Because you're the guy that always ends. You always end your phone call by telling us how much Josh Hill's contract is. (laughs) You know it, Josh. And also, I just want to say one more thing. Jameis Winston, if he doesn't get hurt, I know he only had 14 and 3 last year with the touchdowns and interceptions. He would have finished with 30 touchdowns and eight interceptions. You cannot tell me that it's not a successful season. Yeah, his passing yards would have been like 2,800 or 3,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't care. I'm a big fan of wins. 
So uh, that's all I got to say. And one more thing, Gus, Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. Thank you. There, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Josh, as always, appreciate the phone call. Edward Allen Marlowe, he joins us next. He's covered Murray State. Knows the new LSU head basketball coach pretty well. Matt McMahon will talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. One injury that is sure to interrupt participation in athletic activity is injury to the anterior cruciate ligament. This is commonly known as an ACL tear. The ACL is considered the athletic ligament of the knee. It functions to resist anterior tibial translation and rotational loads. Both contact and non-contact ACL injuries occur. Although non-contact, tears and ruptures are most common. A cut and plant movement is the typical mechanism that causes an ACL tear. That being a sudden change in direction or speed with the foot firmly planted. Rapid deceleration moments, including those that involve planting the affected leg to cut and change direction, have also been linked to ACL injuries, as well as landing from a jump, pivoting, twisting, and direct impact to the front of the tibia. Female athletes are more susceptible to ACL injuries due to biomechanical factors. So coaches of female athletes especially should incorporate ACL prevention exercises into workout routines. Prevention programs should be started in the off-season, well before the playing season begins. Always warm up before playing. It is important to get blood circulating to the muscles before starting a game or practice. Being flexible enough to move freely can help you maintain ideal form. Include stretches for your thighs, calves, and hips and pay particular attention to any areas that are especially tight. Develop body awareness through strengthening the hips, core, and thighs. A variety of squats and lunges are a couple of exercises that can build strength. Using proper technique is crucial. Develop body awareness through balance. Many injuries occur when an athlete is off balance. Like anything, balance gets better with practice. Begin with sturdy surfaces and advance to uneven footing. Run to a line or cone, plant your outside foot without letting your knee collapse inward to change direction. Move in patterns that take you front to back, side to side, and diagonally. Start by running slowly so you can concentrate on good position. Always jump, land, stop, and move with your knees directly over your feet. Begin by jumping straight upward several times. Spring up, then land with your feet and knees pointing straight ahead. Careful not to let your knees buckle inward. Let your knees bend softly each time you land. Practice proper landing technique until it becomes second nature. Keep your knees bent, your chest high, your glutes back, and land softly. Remember, quality workouts are the key to keeping you safely in the game. Adequate sleep, rest days, and alternating hard workouts with easier workouts are all important strategies to help reduce your risk of injury and make you a strong, powerful athlete. If you have questions about injury prevention strategies, please contact us at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502-493-4502 or www.thibodeau.com, www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting in Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com.
They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hey, a heads up to everybody out there. Remember that weather between 4 and 7 P's when it's really going to ramp up. That is that line that caused tornadoes over in Dallas yesterday. Kept me stuck at the airport for a while. Uh, already 9,500 customers without power due to wind gusting 50 miles an hour or more across Jefferson Parish. That's lower Jefferson to upper Jefferson. So wind advisory, tornado watch, in effects for pretty much all of southeast Louisiana until this evening. The line is just into Baton Rouge, stretching all the way north into Natchez. In the bottom part, man, it's... um in a coastal city, going a little further, and it's going to be going towards Homa, Gonzalez, and all that area here in the early evening, late afternoon hour. So heads up, please. All right, let's find out a little bit more about the new head basketball coach for the LSU Fighting Tigers. And to do that, helping us to talk about Matt McMahon, somebody that apparently knows him uh, pretty well here. So let's welcome in Mr. Edward Allen Marlowe at Dream Marlowe 85 is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Edward, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I really appreciate the time here. Yep, sure, man. I appreciate it. You know, look, I, I look at the release that LSU has, and obviously it's always nice to have in the first paragraph a national Naismith Coach of the Year semifinalist. You have a guy that uh, went 18-0 and in conference play, tournament conference championships, tournament appearances. And it, the resume speaks like it's the right hire for sure for Matt McMahon. What do you know from Coach here, and why do you think LSU got a good coach? I, first of all, he's just he's just a funny guy, uh, and I know that that sounds kind of silly, but he's got a great sense of humor, uh, really dry wit. Uh, but on top of his humor, he's just really good at coaching basketball. Uh, I think I want to start with maybe the bad news first. There were a couple tough seasons, you know, at Murray State University, and and the natives were restless. This is a program that consistently produces 500 or better basketball teams on an mm-hmm. annual basis, uh, both in-conference and out-of-conference play. And I think the number one thing to get out of that is the response that Matt McMahon and his staff came up with both times uh, when the program was down. You go back and you look at the 2016-17 season. That's a team that had juniors in uh, Jonathan Stark and, and Terrell Miller. The team didn't really gel defensively, didn't really get it done on the defensive side of the basketball. Won some big games but just didn't play the type of defense that Matt McMahon and his staff expected. 17-18, we know about that recruiting class. That's freshman John Morant. That's mm-hmm. Kevin Brown. That's Shaq, you know, Shaq Buchanan. Darnell Court comes in and you know a little bit later after that. And then that's a senior, Jonathan Stark and Terrell Miller, and they won the OVC. You know, it was a complete uh, restructure and rebuild. Defensively, they were good. That was, again, freshman John Morant, who averaged 12-5-5. and We know what he becomes later. And then, you know, Josh's sophomore year, he takes off and is the number two draft pick. Fast forward to last season with COVID, and they finished 13-13. and 13. And again, the defense wasn't up to Murray State standards, and things just didn't go as, as planned, you know, for a lot of teams across the country. And then this past year, 31-3 and three with uh, just such a chance to get to the Sweet 16 before the magic of St. Peter's arrives. So, yeah. you know, that that's the number one thing that I take away more than anything is just the, the response that Matt McMahon demands in his locker room uh, and, and how he drew that out here at Murray State. Speaking with Edward Allen Marlowe, um, 
at DreamMarlow85 is the way to follow over on Twitter. There's two things that you said that really did stand out to me. Again, this is just my take on it. Look, obviously, Will Wade, um, I guess you can call him a good recruiter. Look, he had some talent on his teams. You saw those things. The, the, the years that they went to tournament with the deepest runs, he wasn't a coach. Um, but I, I think just for me, I, there was just always something about that personality. And I always look at how other people respond to you, treat or speak about you that, um, that, that kind of lets me know how, how people see you. Does that make any sense, Edward? Like when, when I looked at games, I mean, whether it's Arkansas or other players and stuff and, and they would beat LSU late, uh, there's no handshakes or it, it's, you know, kind of an attitude sort of thing or, or players looking at the bench, just sort of that sort of thing. And I just think in this, at this time for LSU, a guy that has a good personality, a guy that I feel is connectable, that you can communicate with. I, I just, I don't know if that was Will Wade, to be honest with you. I, and I, I think it's the right time like that. I mean, how, how do other guys and, and coaches sort of feel about Coach McMahon? I don't personally know Will Wade, <clears throat> but I can say this from, from, from what I could tell. I can almost guarantee that. Matt McMahon is the anti-Will Wade. Right. Um, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, not that I ever got the opportunity to do this, but I used to make the joke, you know, with him as a reporter, man, he'd love to catch a beer with you sometime. Sure. He's that kind of guy. Other coaches, you know, said nothing but great things in the league about Matt McMahon. And players, absolutely there's an edge. You have to remember Murray State has a longtime tradition of being successful in the Ohio Valley Conference and has now parlayed that into – a trip to the Missouri Valley that they hope is a long and fruitful relationship as well. They were in the OBC for 74 years and were a founding member of that league. And so there was a lot of anticipation even in the Missouri Valley that, hey, Matt McMahon and the guys are coming to town. Can't wait to coach against them. Can't mm-hmm. wait to hang out with these guys. And there was a lot of camaraderie and friendship. Now, sure, there were definitely rivals on the floor, definitely guys that were just like, now we really want to beat Murray. We really want to take this to Matt McMahon. He had John Morant. He's had three 20-plus win seasons, two NCAA tournament wins. You know, these are these are things that other teams thrived on. Right. But there was just a lot of – there was always energy, a lot of positivity before games and after games, a lot of admiration for programs, uh, just uh, just a lot of love. And, and I think that just brought a lot of energy, not just to Murray State's locker room, but to the rest of the conference. And I was kind of looking forward to that possibility – uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference before LSU came in with a, a really nice offer and an amazing opportunity for the McMahon family. Edward, do you think, um, obviously, one of the quickest ways and best ways to kind of implement your philosophy, your way of thinking, is to bring in maybe a player to in today's game, the transfer portal. Could you see any Murray State players maybe going to LSU? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't. Um, I will say this. I don't, I don't want to speak on anybody's behalf in that regard. Sure. Uh, that's certainly their opportunity. The transfer portal is a special place. I think four or five years ago, we would have, you know, a lot of mid majors thought that it was going to be a death knell for their program. And I think in a lot of ways, it's been more of a boon. Guys that want opportunities have now found the opportunities all across the country. It's connected the East Coast to the West Coast, to the Midwest to the you know, the Northwest to the Southwest and so on and so forth. Teams have been able to find the right glue guys, graduate, graduate transfers or not, to supplement what's been missing in their program. McMahon did that this past year, you know, by getting his first graduate transfers in Jordan Skipper Brown and Carter Collins. Relationships that they'd had with guys for a while 
but didn't, you know, weren't able to land in the in the in the in the original recruiting process. So, I it's hard to say. I'm not going to necessarily rule it out, but it is one of those situations. The two guys that would be most eligible are really looking at professional opportunities right now in guard Tevin Brown and forward KJ Williams. I, I think, you know, I guess anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly can't rule it out, but they're closer to professional status. I think. They've both given four years uh, to Murray State University, maybe as graduate transfers. I could see it extremely possible, mm-hmm. but I don't know if any underclassmen would come with, you know, with Matt McMahon to LSU. It just depends, uh, but I can't see anybody right now immediately that sticks out in my mind. No, no doubt what the NCAA has to say probably would uh <laughs> would make that decision as well for a lot of these players here as sure, well. Absolutely. Uh, Edward, finally here, and again, thank you, thank you for your time here. Just what kind of basketball team, I guess, can we expect in Baton Rouge? What's the, you know, philosophy and what's the DNA of the type of hoops that we're going to see here? The number one thing you're going to see is defense. And I know that that sounds kind of boring, but this is a team this past season that was top 30 in defensive efficiency. Uh, and then they were top 30 in offensive efficiency. Go look at the Ken Palm numbers. Their half court offense was impeccable. Um, Murray State has long been regarded as point guard university, which doesn't necessarily need a lot of explanation anymore. Um, you had Isaiah Cannon in you know in 2010, 11, and 12. You know how how successful he was. Came to the came to the NBA as a as a as a second round draftee. Now he's playing well overseas after a decent NBA career. After that, it was Cameron Payne. We know that he you know he's revitalized his career uh, with the Phoenix Suns as now not only a serviceable backup but is now starting for the injured Chris Paul and playing pretty well uh, in his stead. And then, of course, John Moran needs a little introduction now uh, as one of the NBA's premier young players uh, who's getting a lot of praise from across the league. So point guard play is extremely important in McMahon's offense. I know that sounds kind of vanilla, but uh, a lot of teams maybe look at their posts or they look at their wings to drive their offense. McMahon's going to look at the point guard position and really you know, envision that uh, and offensively, you still play with a lot of freedom. For as successful as the half-court sets were this year, a lot of them being NBA sets, uh, there's a lot of transition freedom. Guys that don't necessarily have to call a play, um, they can just go make a play like it's a blacktop, like they've all been playing together. So that's those are the kind of things I think from a basketball perspective you'll see. And again, defense is going to be the calling card, particularly at the arc. Three-point defense has been, over the last seven years for Murray State, one of the primary, uh, I guess, factors I always looked at is how good did this team defend the perimeter mm. with, with, as, with as important as the three-point shot has become uh, in college and NBA basketball. To the point where in the last two years, uh, you may want to do a little more digging on this, but I'm almost certain several NBA teams and scouts have called and asked, hey, what's your formula? You know, because the NBA is so driven by the three-point shot now. So, you know, the last couple of years, Perimeter defense has been uh, just a home. There were two years under McMahon that teams shot less than 30% from three, um, you know, a while under his tenure. So those are just some of the key factors I would look at uh, as you start to see LSU really develop and grow under McMahon's wing. That's fantastic stuff because I think this year alone, some close losses in the tournament regular season, and I think probably help hinder uh, them going to the second round was three-point shots late against the Tigers. So thank you for that, sir. Edward Ellen Marlowe is the way to follow over on Twitter at DreamMarlowe85WKDZ. 
covers uh, Murray State, among other things. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. Anytime. And you, you got a bunch of fans up here now that are going to be watching a lot of SEC basketball. A lot of Kentucky fans, but a lot of people in Western Kentucky will definitely be watching LSU now. We got your number, man. We'll we'll definitely keep you uh, posted in in mind. Let's let's chat once the season gets here. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Yep, for sure. Take care. Quick break. We come back. We go to Atlanta. Carlos Medina. Let's see how he's doing. Marcus Mariota is his quarterback. Apparently, I've gotten a bunch of calls and texts and tweets that feel they got a, uh, a Hall of Famer ready to go in the ATL. Let's talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. Toyota and Homa. We're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road, Homa. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. No matter how big or small your business is, earn back when you spend, get exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help level up your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 1231-22. See Lowe's.com slash L slash Pro Loyalty Terms. Subject to change. U.S. only. He's back. He's like to thing that when you shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, we'll have an open segment before the end of the show. Mr. Carlos Medina over there in the fan in Atlanta, 680-93.7 FM. Uh, at front office Lowe's is the way to follow over on Twitter. Carlos, I thought about you today. I was stuck traveling yesterday, so I didn't do the show. And I was like, I have to see how my dearest friend, Carlos Medina, is doing. And I even have the appropriate music for you today. The sounder is called Sad Violin. Because I can only imagine what it's like to be you and, and, and Falcon fan today. You know. Sean Watson was yours. You rolled out the red carpet. I mean, 
artists, musicians. You probably took them around town. I mean, it's, how how are you doing today, buddy? Gus, first off, yeah. I don't understand the mentality here. <laughs> you tried for him, too. And technically, mm-hmm. we all lost. Okay? <laughs> now, we all kind of won because we kept him out of the <laughs> NFC South. That's a good thing. Had he been in Atlanta, you'd have been upset. Had he been in New Orleans or Carolina, mm-hmm. we all would have been upset. In this case, when somebody guarantees a player $80 million more than anyone else has been guaranteed in NFL history, that's why we all lost, because nobody else would do it except Cleveland. Poor Matt Ryan. I mean, you just, you know, at least like here in New Orleans, like, we knew it was the end. I mean, y'all just like, y'all like opened the door and said, Matt, just pointed. I mean, how can you do that to Matt, man? How did y'all do that to Matt? Uh, I'll tell it to you from this standpoint. When the word came down that he was having his contract restructured, uh-huh. many people in town thought, why don't we rip the Band-Aid off and get uh-huh. this thing moving now? Yeah. And so, in a weird way, it, it, the Falcons, in this convoluted, crazy way, ended up doing what they probably should have done, which is let him go play for a better team, and you really get serious about a rebuild. No doubt. And look, Carlos, I'm having a little fun because it is. Saints and Falcons, we both trying to the same Hey, hey what is, listen, Gus, you have Jameis Winston, okay? Right, Let's not okay. act like you're sitting no. on, you're not sitting on some grand throne. See? And guess what? I got a season of Marcus Mariota, so we're both in it together, okay? Thank you. That's where I wanted to go with this, because I think poor Jameis has been undersold. I'm not believing. Hear me out. I, I'm not saying he's, you know, Burrow and all that. I'm not saying that. Um... But my goodness, like, I don't think he's, he's garbage or anything. And then I'm sitting there and today, one of our questions of the day was, if I had to choose right now, it's third and goal or whatever, or starting quarterback, whatever, Mariota or Taysom Hill. I'm like, I think I might go Taysom and I'm getting killed over here because everyone's bringing up Mariota. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about Mariota being your starting quarterback? Cause I, I almost kind of think, I mean, the dude got beat out by Ryan Tannehill, bro. Oh, he's, he's a classic bridge quarterback. That's all he is. Okay. He's supposed to be here to do what was going on in with the Raiders. Be the backup. If something happens, you'll get in the game and you're functional. They don't have another quarterback on this roster that you could put into a game and say, don't embarrass me. That's what would happen with Josh Rosen. That's what would happen with Felipe Franks. Mariota is about having a guy that just won't embarrass you, that can actually run a little bit of offense in the league. Their next quarterback right now is sitting on a college campus. Which brings us to the next question. Do you think they go quarterback here? I'm watching this morning after Pickett's, you know, pro day yesterday, Malik's pro day today. I mean, Kuyper still has him going 20 to Pittsburgh. And after Pickett's pro day, all the analysts on SportsCenter, Van Pelt, I mean, they're, they're going, well, you know, in other years, he'd be a Friday-Saturday pick. And that's not a very ringing endorsement after a, a quarterback's pro day. So do you think they get – I think Matt Roll gets desperate and does that. Do, do, do the Falcons do? That I have a hard time believing, only because of this. Terry Fontenot made it a very big point last year. He's going to go best player available, and that's why he ended up with a tight end. Now, the tight end went for 1,000 yards. Sure, uh, He was the first one to do it since Mike Ditka. That was his best player on the board. That's what he did. I would have a hard time believing that they would decide to take, because for me, and I, I've started all my draft boards. I finished up all the quarterbacks over the weekend out of necessity. I felt like I was going to have to do it. Uh, but the, the highest I would have is Malik Willis probably right around – anywhere from 18 to 25 by the time I stack this thing, wow. that's not that's not where I would take a guy in the top 10. But quarterbacks always rise, and it is an Atlanta native. And if you're trying to kind of you know play a little bit of a political game here, maybe you go that direction and you sit him for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what what is I guess the fan base feeling as to what they should do at quarterback? It, it's been a, it's been, well, it's been a roller coaster here because uh, you know, you know I, I, Gus, I know you're you're focusing on uh, the Matt Ryan thing. There's a portion of the fan base that feels very relieved that Matt Ryan is going to the best offensive line in football with perhaps the best running back and a defense that had the second most amount of turnovers. This is what we were always talking about. What if you could build this around Matt Ryan? He now gets that for the end of his career. So there's there's a lot of, like, good for you, Matt. Remember, we just had Freddie Freeman, and that whole scenario happened last week. So you've yeah. had these two guys that are iconic yeah. within the town yeah. have been moved out of town. And, and so it's, it's different the way it's kind of all played out. This entire fan base has been on a huge roller coaster the last week and a half. That's why I have this ready for you. I have it ready for you. I just, <laughs> I mean, I, just, I had it ready for you. I look, I, I'm serious. I felt for you. I, I wanted to know what it was sort of like. You know, here's the thing. I, I jokingly have been saying the last couple of weeks, I legitimately think the Saints can contend for the NFC South next year. I do. If the quarterback isn't, you know, injured, there's COVID stuff, a lot of different things. And people can call them excuses. You can say, Carlos, Gus, you're making up excuses. I hear you. The receiver comes back and Michael Thomas and they draft one and, you know, whatever. I, I, I think they could contend. I mean, they beat Tampa with essentially Trevor Simeon in the second half when Jameis got hurt and Taysom Hill <laughs> All right, in Tampa. So they're going to be competitive, I think, with the talent that they sort of have. What is, is that outlook in Atlanta just, hey, rebuild kind of things of that nature or, do you think you guys can maybe sneak into a wild card depending, like you say, have a bridge quarterback that won't embarrass you? Do you think you can get enough talent? No. And, and realistically, this is one of the, uh, I, I don't want to say least talented. What I would say is that they, they have five of the top 90 picks. They're going to have talent on this roster. But the problem is, is that when you look at the schedule, and, and y'all know this too, mm-hmm. it's the NFC West this year and the AFC North. And so, you're going to have to play really good football against these other two divisions in order to be one of the higher seeds. And so the Falcons look at it, I'm sure being very honest, look at it and say, we got a chance to beat up on some bad football teams last year. That's why we were able to get to seven wins and hang around this thing in December, but we're not a good football team. And they're, they're going to play better football teams this year. So I, I, I agree with your analysis. If you get the Jameis Winston that was taking care of the football and wasn't being erratic with it during before his injury, I think